Now, when I was growing up, we had a saying, and that was, oh, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And some, I don't know if they still say that anymore. Claire, do kids still say that? Teens still say it? No, I didn't think so. Yeah, they don't say any of the things we used to say. Um, but yeah, so, you know, some kid would say, oh, I can climb higher than you. You're like, oh, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Can you go up and, you know, back up your words with your actions? And so I th um, as we enter this new sermon series for the fall called Walk the Walk, all right, some of the younger kids might be like, what's that phrase from? Um, well, we know. Um, we, 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 as Christians, we want to make sure that it's, we don't just know a lot, we don't you know, just talk a lot, but that we actually walk out, we live out our faith. And the reason I'm using that, um, that term to walk is that in the Bible, there often uses that term, walking, for living, right? So that when, it's, when it says, and we'll look at some scriptures over the next several weeks, is that, you know, walk in a way that's worthy of your calling, meaning live. And the reason that they use that term is that there's other words. So in, you know, in, in Hebrew, it's halak, and in, in Greek, it's peripateo. They have other words for just living, but they specifically use those terms walking because it emphasizes the day-to-day -day choices, the day-to-day -day actions that uh, make our life up. So uh, when we say walk the walk, we're using that biblical terminology, and we'll be looking at that over the next several weeks. We could think of this as a sort of a biblical theology of walking uh, in the Bible. And the thing is, is many times we fail to walk the walk, not because of some egregious sin or some really bad choice. Oftentimes, it's just because we're not intentional. We just kind of drift. We, 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 we don't mean to, uh, but we're not consciously making those choices, being intentional about making sure that everything we do, every, every time we live and walk, we're reflecting our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so for instance, a couple of weeks ago, been working on uh, the upper floor, trying to, you know, repair it and stuff. And I had purpose that day, one of my days off. I'm like, yeah, I got to get up there and I got to do some work. Well, there was a, uh, a documentary on white-tailed deer that <laughs> I, I just thought it was very interesting. Um, and so I started to watch that. Um, and then after that, you know, I just ended up looking at the news, scrolling through my phone, you know, reading up on some news. And, and, and then, you know, I had to get a snack because that took a couple hours. And so I had a snack. And then by the time I was sort of ready to do what I purposed to do, it was already late. Uh, too late. It's too late to do that kind of stuff. And so I had made, it's not like I chose not to do that stuff. I just, just the world around me, the life just sort of, I let myself drift so I didn't do what I had wanted to do. And so many times in life, that's what happens to us. Uh, yeah, sometimes we make really bad choices and, you know, purposefully. But what I really want to focus on today is that we often don't walk the walk because we just drift. And we're not intentional about what we're doing. And that's why our, really our focus verse for today is Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Some of your translations might say, redeeming the time because the days are evil. 
So today we're going to look at if we truly want to walk the walk, we need to walk wisely. We need to make the best use of our time to faithfully follow Christ. So that's the scripture we're going to look at. And so if you know me, you know, what am I going to do now? I'm going to look at the context, right? So we're going to, let's look at the context a little bit. We're not just going to take this verse out of that. So the book of Ephesians. So this, this um, scripture is in the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians uses the term walk often, okay? Very, very often. That's why, although we are, I did a sermon series on Ephesians, I think a couple of years ago or last year. So we're not going to go through Ephesians, but it's a good place to start on this sermon series because Ephesians is always using that term, to walk, to walk, and we'll see a couple of examples. Uh, But the first half of the book of Ephesians, chapters one through three, basically the Apostle Paul lays out who we are in Christ, that we have a new identity in Jesus, that one, you know, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God, through Christ, made us alive by his grace through faith, so that we're new people, that we're now, we're redeemed citizens of his kingdom, that we're temples of the Holy Spirit, that we're uh, in God's household. We have a whole new identity in Christ. And then in uh, chapter 4 through 6, that now Paul starts to talk about, okay, because of your new identity, this is how you should live. This is how you should walk. So, for instance, in Ephesians 4.1, this is what, where we see the switch. It says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. We're going to look at a similar verse in uh, Colossians next week. But then Paul continues and says, with that theme of walking, he says, all right, walk walk in a worthy way. Walk as children of light. Because again, that same thing, your old identity was children of darkness and destruction, but now you are children of the light. So walk in that identity. And we've woken up from our slumber, and Christ is shining in us and through us, so we continue on that path that he put, on, put us on. And so now we get to chapter 5, verse 15. Paul is now saying, all right, but be careful, right? Because we, we can veer off that path. So again, Ephesians 5, this is our, our, our focus verse. We've come, done the context, and now we're ready to read our focus verse again and then some verses after. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So see, here we say, we see Paul saying, look carefully how you walk. Be careful. Pay attention. So Paul, he knows how easily it is to veer off course. There is no autopilot in life because life changes. So if we keep doing the same thing just because it worked at one time doesn't necessarily, it'll, it'll keep working because things change in life. An example of this is my son uh, he got a call from the auto insurance place saying, yeah, we're going to cancel your policy. But he was like, what? What do you mean? I, I had it on auto pay, right? So I didn't even have to think about it. It was just paying automatically. 
but sometimes like numbers get switched or, or your card that's on file expires. It's, so it is with life. If we just on autopilot, if we just think we can go, 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 no, we need to pay attention. Because life, because the days are evil, right? Chaos happens. Certain things are thrown our way. So the Apostle Paul knows how easy it is to veer off course. And so this whole series is basically about how can we be careful to walk? How do we pay attention? And he says here, walk as wise don't walk as unwise, but as wise. And then he says, know what the will of, don't be foolish. Know what the will of the Lord is. And he makes a contrast here. So when he says, walk intentionally, walk wisely, the uh, idea is this, this wisdom that we walk by, it's not worldly wisdom. It's not the wisdom of this age that says, that uh, sort of tells us how to live. It's, it's walking by the will of the Lord. That's why it says, understand what the, the will of of the Lord is. Um, and the picture I think of is God through Christ and through his revelation, he, he hands us in the scriptures kind of a roadmap of life. Right? Basic instructions before leaving earth is what some people say the Bible stands for. And he hands us this roadmap and, and instead of saying, okay, God, I, I understand your will. I understand the, the route, the path you want me to walk on. We, we, we see that and then we just you know, we, we say, oh, like, you know, walking along, that's, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of, you know, novel. Let me walk over there. And we don't necessarily intentionally make the choice to, to go over there. It's just we're not careful. And so before we know it, we're wandering. We're drifting off the path. Um, not only that, but in a, it's not that this, it's not as if this world is neutral. In other words, that we can follow the path once we know it and understand the Lord's will, but rather it's, it's more like a, a river. Our culture, every culture we're in, the worldly systems, it's like a river. And the, one of the paths that we have to do is we have to cross that river. And if we just sort of stand still, you know, pretty soon that river is going to drag us. We have to very intentionally, if you've ever crossed a river of any depth and any sort of speed, uh, you know that you have to be extra careful because that river will move you. And that's what we need to think of our lives like that. We un God has given us a roadmap, and it often means we're going to not go with the flow of the world, but we're going to have to walk against it. We're going to have to cross this river and be extra careful and make sure that our steps are firmly planted, not on sand, but on the rock of God and his word. Otherwise, we will drift. We will drift. We'll get taken down the river. Um, and so we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. And, and unfortunately, um, so many, uh, if we want to walk the walk as Christians, I see so many not walking the walk. And, and usually the answer, I mean, the reason is that because we get taken by the currents of our culture and we just follow those things instead of following the will of God. And we could get, produce so many examples. Uh, but for instance, sexual ethics. God has a will and a desire for sexual relations. And he says, all right, it's the, my will the, for human flourishing. It's going to, it needs to be between a man and a woman uh, devoted to one another in marriage for life. 
Now, that's not popular in our culture, but that is the will of the Lord. So many Christians just say, oh, I'll do whatever everyone else is doing, and they go off the path. But what about sacrifice? What about self-sacrifice for the good of others? That should be a Christian speciality, right? Because Christ sacrificed himself for the good of mankind, right? So when it comes to self-sacrifice, we Christians should be all about it. We should be first in line. Oh, do you need me to sacrifice myself for the good of others? Count me in, because that's the will of the Lord. But again, so many, so many folks, it's, it's like, no, no, I, I, I want to do what I want to do. It's about my um, preference. It's, it's, about, it's about me. No, if we're Christians, again, we should be number one in self-sacrifice for the good of others. So we're in this current of culture, and depending on your sort of subgroup, you're going to be pushed in certain ways. I mean, we all have certain commonalities, but there's certain groups that'll push us this way or that way. But we need to make sure to be careful to walk by the will of the Lord and not walk through, uh, let the cultural tides move us. So the Apostle Paul says this in another passage, because the, it's the, we have to choose, are we going to walk by the wisdom and the will of the Lord or the wisdom of the world? And this is what he says about that in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. He says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it's not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So here's the contrast. The, the, the wisdom of God is eternal, right? It's from, it's from God, so it's from ages past. But the wisdom of this age is going to pass away. The wisdom of the rulers of this age, it's temporary. And so the question is, are we going to walk wisely and intentionally, living in a way that's not just dictated by the wisdom of this world, but dictated by the wisdom and will of our almighty eternal God? See, that's the only way we can walk wisely. That's the only way we can walk in a way that redeems the time and doesn't waste the time. Now, the shortness of life, uh, it says, you know, redeem the, the, the uh, time because the days are evil. There's two nuances there. One is the days are evil, and like I just described, right? We live in, a, in, in an evil world, a fallen world, and, and so we're, we're bound to get pushed to one side or the other. But the other nuance is the days are evil in that it's sort of chaotic evil, that there's chaos that breaks around. We never know what's going to happen, that life is short and precarious, and we're fragile. And we're, we're reminded of that in so many ways. I mean, yesterday was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we were reminded on that day that the days are evil. That um, I had a, a, a friend, Jessica Sachs. She was a student in, um, in UMass ministry. She just graduated. And, you know, young, on fire for the Lord. And she was in the first plane that hit the towers. The days are evil. This world is fallen. So life is short. We can't be wasting our time. We need to redeem the time. This pandemic also shows the days are evil, where, uh, again, we think we know what's going on, 
you know, yeah, it mostly affects older people, all that stuff, and that's true. But then, of course, you've probably heard the stories of, of folks who are in their 20s or in their 30s dying. Things just don't make sense. We, we want to control things. We want to think that we know everything, but we don't. The days are evil, and, and bad things just happen. And so, yes, we want to be wise and, and, and redeem the time by not going out into the current of our culture, but even when we walk wisely, the days are evil and that things can befall us and our life can be taken in our 20s and in our, our 30s, whatever. And 9-11 showed us that. This pandemic shows us that. And just living shows us that the days are evil. And so redeem the time. Don't waste the time. And redeem it on things that last forever. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. And that's why, you know, he has this other warning, right? In verse 18, uh, he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay? No, we might think that's a play on word, right? Don't get drunk with the Spirits. You know, be filled with the Spirit. But no, he's just talking about wine. And, um, but the reason, I mean, it makes sense, is that what is, one of, what is one of the biggest producers of foolishness and lack of wisdom? Well, it's intoxication, right? That, that we can go down that path and, and, and just try to escape. And yeah, that's not redeeming the time. I remember when um, I was in the army, I had a, a bunk bunny who, uh, this happened a lot. Like I'd wake up at like four in the morning and he wasn't there. Uh, this was not in basic training, couldn't do that, but uh, this was in a duty station. And, and uh, you know, he'd waltz in at five o'clock. I'm like, why did, did you, wh where were you? He's like, well, you know, I got drunk and then I couldn't find my way home. I mean, because that's what happens, right? Even though he's walked the path so many times, you know, he'd, when the bars closed at whatever it was, one or two, you know, he'd start stumbling up to the, to the base and, but he was drunk, so he couldn't, figure out, remember the proper way. And so he'd have to sleep it off for a couple hours and then he'd, he'd come home. And so uh, it, it, Apostle Paul is saying, you know, that, that's not helpful. Don't drink your life away. And this, this can, of course, it can refer to anything that sort of inhibits your ability to make wise choices, right? Wine can do that. Um, but it's not just about being addicted to stuff. I think there's also an aspect here of don't, do, don't give yourself, don't fill yourself with those things that cause you to escape life. No, take in those things that help you live life. You see, there's a big difference there. And so, and, and so that can refer to, for instance, video games, right? Is that if you play video games hours and hours a day to escape living, well, then that's similar to this drinking in order to escape living. And, and we could go down the line of different things that, yeah, it counts for wine, it counts for drugs, it can count for anything that we say, all right, this is my escape from life, or this is going to keep me from making decisions. So th the whole thing, I mean, we, there's tons of things we could talk about, but the Apostle Paul is saying, don't fill yourself with things that cause you to lose yourself, if you will, to escape from reality. Rather, fill yourself with the Spirit so that you can truly live. So those are things he says not to do, right? He's like, all right, 
don't be drunk with wine. Don't, uh, don't let yourself, uh, you know, don't waste your time because the days are evil. But what do we do? Like positively, what do we do? So those are some things we don't do, but what do we do? Well, as I just mentioned, instead of wasting the time, we redeem the time. We redeem the time. That means every day we say, Lord, and this is what I would suggest. Every day we wake up, we pray and we say, Lord, um, what do you have for me today? How can I live today in a way that makes the most use of this day? Because we don't know if we have tomorrow. So we just say, Lord, today, today, how can I live in a way that glorifies you? And you get the plan, right, whatever it is for that day, and then you work the plan. So, all right, Lord, you, you, know, you want me to be more intentional about prayer. Lord, you want me to serve someone today. All right, God, I'm going to do that today. I'm going to work that plan. So we, we do that. We redeem the time by making sure we understand the will of the Lord. Now, that has two aspects. One, understanding the will of the Lord is understanding his word, understanding the scriptures. So we understand, all right, God, this is your plan for the world, and this is how I fit in it in general. And, but then there's also that daily checking in and saying, God, what is your will for me today? Today. And how does that fit into what I know of your will for the world and your, your will for eternity? And you see that? We understand what the will of the Lord is, and we walk in that. And we don't waste the time. We redeem it. And so we daily have that plan. But also, in, in a similar way, not only do we daily get that plan, and so looking forward to today, we also, it's helpful if we want to redeem and make the most of the time, it's also helpful to look backwards a little bit. I preached about this yet, uh, last week when it came to assessment right, that we often assess ourselves, we assess how are we doing, that's sort of looking back and saying, all right, God, I, I understand your will for my life, and so I'm going to look back at the last week, the last year, and am I walking in your will? Because if I'm not, then, you know, these are some changes I need to make. So that's self-assessment, that's valuable, and I talked about that, again, last week, so if you missed that one, it's online, go, go uh, you know, go listen to the podcast or whatever, but, but it's important, the self-assessment. Same thing as a church, right? Is that we understand what is the will of the Lord for our church. One of the ways we've summed that up by looking at all the scriptures is, well, God's will is that we would worship God, that we would love people, and we would grow Christ followers. So that when we're looking ahead to what are we going to do as a church, we say, how can we do those things? We know that's God's will for his church, so how do we do those things? But we also look back and say, you know, God, this past year, how have we, have we worshipped you well? Have we loved people deeply? Have we grown Christ followers? And in those ways that we haven't maybe uh, uh, done that intentionally, we haven't redeemed the time in that way, then we say, all right, Here's some, here's some things so that we can better use that time this coming year. So assess, assessing ourselves, that's also an important part of redeeming the time and understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I want each one of us to ask, do I understand the will of the Lord? Do I understand the will of the Lord for the world, for eternity, for humanity? And do I understand his will for me today? So that 
when we wake up and maybe we go all the way to lunchtime, we might need to stop and say, wait a minute, I haven't checked in with the Lord. I haven't asked God, what is your will for me today? Well, then put down that double cheeseburger and, you know, pray, God, what's your will for me today? The other thing, so that's what we do. We, we understand the will of the Lord. We, don't, we, we redeem the time. We make that plan. The other thing that it says here is be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be instead filled with the Spirit. This is one of the most crucial aspects of walking the walk. And in fact, it's so crucial, in about a month or so, we're going to spend two Sundays on what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Because we can't walk the walk on our own power for very long. We need to walk the walk by walking in the Spirit. So we're going to look more intensely at that um, in the coming weeks. But just right here from this context, the Apostle Paul gives us some insights in how do we do that? How do we be filled with the Spirit? Look, verse 19, he says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting one to one another out of reverence for Christ. So notice that. We, we sing songs and we make melody to the Lord with our heart. We give thanks for everything to God the Father. Basically, we direct our praise and our thanks to the Lord. Basically, to be filled with the Spirit means that every day, we, we, instead of opening, our, opening up a, a bottle of wine, we open up our hearts, right, to the Spirit. We open our hearts to God and we direct our thanks, we direct our praise to Him, and we have a posture of, yes, God, I want you to fill me. And, and that's just basic, right? We'll get into that more, but, but that, that kind of idea where you're saying, what am I going to fill my life with today? We say, no, God, I want to fill my life with you today. It's very basic. And notice it also has a um, a, a community aspect to this. So yes, we ask, am I daily reaching upward in praise and thanks to be filled with God and his spirit? But notice that this filling, this redeeming the time has a community aspect, right? Um, um, getting together, singing songs with one another, submitting, right, to one another. That there is a community aspect to this, and we should that makes sense because if we want to be filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of God is so much bigger than any one of us, right? The Spirit of God is so much bigger than me, so I should expect if I truly want to be filled with the Spirit, then that filling is going to be in a context bigger than just me. So yes, we open ourselves and ask to God to fill us, but that individual filling, it, most, it, it, we, it happens in a, in a grander and more consistent way as we gather together and together look to God and, God and the Spirit moves in the hearts of many different people. So that, so that, yes, hopefully you are empowered and filled with the Spirit, uh, you know, because you hear the preaching of the Word. But then as we sing praises together, that also fills you with, this, with the Spirit in a way that the, the Word, you know, um, it, it adds to the Word. And then in our fellowship, as someone comes and encourages you or prays with you, that also brings, fills us with the Spirit in a collective sense. So what the Apostle Paul says, be filled with the Spirit well, congratulations, right? If you're here, if you're tuning in, like you're, you've taken that step. So you've taken a step as you chose intentionally to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ. That's an intentional step that you took to live wisely 
to be filled with the Spirit, to do all of these things that the Apostle Paul said. And again, that's countercultural. A lot of people will be like, I'm too busy to go to church, or I'm too busy to, to connect with church. Well, no, the Apostle Paul says, wait, that's not redeeming the time. Because if you want to redeem the time, if you want to live wisely, if you want to be filled with the Spirit and be about God's will, then, yeah, we gather together for that purpose. So will we be careful? Will we be intentional about our walk? Too many of us, we, we pass the time instead of redeeming the time. I mean, that's even a saying that we have, right? Oh, just passing the time. Apostle Paul says, ah, that's not smart. That's not wise living. Don't pass the time. Redeem the time. Redeem it for the Lord. Because life is short. The days are evil. We don't know how many days we have left. But God has given us a wonderful gift. It's called today. He's given us today. And for many of us, he's going to give us tomorrow. And he's given it to us so that he, we would take that gift and then we would redeem it. We would use it. Not just to bless ourselves, but to bless others and to actually have an eternal impact. Isn't that amazing? That the, the, we have a short temporal, just a day, and we're stuck in time, we're stuck, you know, we're, we're, we're um, fragile, we're, we're limited. We only have this one day, and yet God gives us this day so that we would make an eternal impact. I mean, what a gift. What an amazing gift of God in his grace. Because he doesn't need us. He doesn't. God is God. He is, he is perfect in all of his holiness and perfection. It's not like he's lonely. He has the community of oneness with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But yet, he wants to bless us. He wants to have us be involved in his eternal plan and his eternal work. So he says, here's today. And here's my will for today. Live in it. Walk in it. And so let's do that. Let's redeem the time so that when we walk the walk, because that's what we're called to do, a part of that is walking today, being intentional, not wasting time, not passing time, but redeeming the time. And when we do that, God is going to do amazing things in us and through us, and we're going to have a walk that has an eternal impact. We're going to have a walk that is bigger than just ourselves. That's an amazing gift. Amen? Let's walk that walk. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your gifts, your gifts of mercy, your gift of today. Oh, but Lord, we confess the days are evil. We so often allow our culture, the world around us, to push us so that we're not redeeming the time. We're not following the will and understanding your will. We're just doing what everybody else does, wasting time, passing time. But Lord, we are thankful that you've opened our hearts and our eyes, and we pray that you'd fill us with your spirit so that we would redeem this time. And Lord, we thank you that you've redeemed the time by giving your life for us, 
giving your life for our lives so that our life would not just end in, in sadness and separation from you, but Lord, you're, you redeemed our eternal life with you. So thank you, God, for the gift of Christ. Thank you for giving us eternal life. Thank you for giving us this day. Lord, show us, each person, Lord, each one of us, show us in particular how we can redeem this day. For some, it's prayer. For some, it's uh, you know, every day praying for, to get your, your will. Lord, for some, it's putting aside the things that they're filling themselves with. Lord, and for all of us, it's, it's opening ourselves up so that we would be your hands and feet for this day. Again, show us, Lord, what in particular we can do today to redeem this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.